The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Hello and welcome. Wolf Pack, guns up, giddy up. This is Failure to Stop. Failure to Stop is a channel podcast on YouTube and on all your favorite platforms. We are here to inform and entertain first responders through dark humor, practical news, and informative breakdowns. Tonight, we're going to step into the comm center with retired detective Andrew Baxter, who goes by Drew Breezy on the streets. Uh, we're going to talk about the untold stories of emergency dispatchers and the role they play in everyday lives in your community. Every day is the worst day at 911, but we make a... Uh, light fun of it join us as we dive into these calls and we find the gaps between the first responders and the dispatchers and we uncover what makes it all work here are the voices on the comm center joining me now is drew breezy how you doing tonight drew i'm doing good on the comm center the comm center we still need to work on syncing that up my name's john i'm an active dispatcher in the field i've been doing so for about eight years drew is a detective and a former dispatcher he's got about 29 years in so if there's anything that you guys want to know about police work drew's pretty much the person that can answer it we are a call-in show if you're watching live on youtube you can call us at 848-COM-911 that's 848-266-6911 nice nice uh go ahead and give us a call but first, I want to just see how my man Drew is doing, because we only talk once per week, and we do not ever call each other on the phone or FaceTime or anything. Drew, how are you, old friend? I I'm doing great. I'm. Uh, let's keep it that way, first of all. But second of all, look, uh, we had uh, Ricardo on last week. I hate to rehash, but but listen, I say this all the time. If you If you didn't hear that episode or you didn't watch it, go back. Go back and watch it. It was phenomenal. Ricardo is such a, like a just a wholesome like soul. He's just a good dude. And he assembled this book. I don't know if it's showing up or not. Yeah. It's called. It. Okay, good. It's called imagine listening. Uh, and you know, truth be told, he sent me an advanced reader copy, which I um, perused on the plane ride home uh, last week, right before the show. Um, and uh, you know, <laughs> my wife came into this room, my studio, uh, our studio, technically, I guess, uh, the other night to do some police business because that's what she does for a living as well. Uh, I'm going to say this. What kind of other show is it that you two are doing? Or shouldn't I? No, 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 no. Go on. No, no, that's later. Uh, it's a cooking show called Only Pans. Uh, listen, she came in here the other night and she um, she was tending to police business and just giving me like solitude in, in our uh, lair, in our bedroom. And um, she started going through the I Am 911 book. Like it's not going to take you a whole long time to read it, but I would suggest reading it in dribs and drabs because it's kind of heavy, some, some of the stuff. And uh, she came back to bed and she's like, I don't know how you did that. I don't know how you got so far into that book without like, because I was just kind of stone faced. And I mean, you know, I'm sitting on an airplane. I don't want to be a 
a bawling little baby, but people assume uh, that you know something about the airplane that they don't know. Whenever you cry on an airplane, <laughs> I, have, I have been told by both the first officer and the head flight attendant to cease and desist. Or, yeah, or I, would stop be, I would have to be in the bathroom for the rest of the flight. So, sir, are you crying? So, the, so the point is this: Look, go to uh, Amazon and order your copy of I'm, I Am Nine One One. And, and I'll, let me tell you why. This is a great stocking stuffer. One, I don't get anything from this book, by the way. Like I'm pushing it because I know how important it is. And I, but what I would think, and I'm going to send you your copy, John. I promise you that. But what, I, and and you can get a digital copy because the images are a lot crisper on the digital copy. But here's here's what I'm saying: the best use for this book would be. My wife is in the industry, and she's like, you know, reading these these snippets from these uh, dispatchers of what they've experienced and 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 all this other stuff. And she's like, I, I don't know how you, you know, I don't know how you did it. So what that tells me is, if you got, gave this book to somebody who isn't in the industry, it's going to explain to them why these people need the attention that they need. And I say these people, you're you're one of them. I'm a former dispatcher, but I mean why they should be reclassified as first responders or why they should be getting the full benefits of, uh, of, uh, retirement, just like a first responder should. It's, it's not about being in the danger. The danger is the trauma. And, you know, there is additional danger, obviously with the presence of, you know, bullets or <laughs> walking into a fire. I get that, but, um, sometimes guns go off in the comm center. You never know. You never know. Uh, and I know that's happened to you. So, uh, what, what, what I would suggest is you go to Ricardo's page. He's WTT podcast at WTT podcast. Um, and you can click the link there. He's, he's got a link everywhere and you buy the book. Imagine listening. I mean, I, 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 I could spend all day like talking about this thing. It's amazing. It's just, I, it's, it just brings home the point of like what these, what you John suffer through or, you know, what people don't think about there's that and also just reclassifying us maybe maybe people would stop being dicks to us so much you know just to kind of cut us a break like anybody else but you know drew uh that uh wonderful book that everyone should buy at least two copies of because there's no sharing around here that's a very common thing to do as you gotta gotta listen to comm center with drew breezy because that's what we're here to do too we're gonna uh, tell you a 911 story tonight and we're gonna break it down for you and there's gonna be some interesting questions i think it's an interesting case we'll go through it kind of from front to back because it's not too complicated but I just wanted to bring everybody up to speed on what's uh, going on and the things that are important in my life. Because even though Drew's got his name on the show, it's mostly about me. Uh, yes. I, I wanted to list two more names as among the stung in our great war against the bees. As we all know, the war is ramping up. The bees, uh, the clock is running out. And uh, their chances to cause as much pain to the human race as possible are dwindling. These attacks are on the rise. I had multiple people message me this week and say that they have cited an, an increased number of hornets in the area. Hornets are no Ooh. joke. They're like a no. wasp that's shaped like a hot dog, so they're even scarier, okay? And so uh, there was a report. I was actually going to put this on the show before I knew that we had an actual topic, but there was a uh, one of our listeners, uh, I believe her name's Dana. She sent me a video. I believe it was out in uh, Santa Monica. Anyway, some beach in California. She sends me this video. All the beachgoers are being swarmed, okay? It's like some kind of fucking movie where all the bees are just going all over everyone, and they're all running around screaming, and they're all blinded, and they're all just smashing the bees against 
their faces and they're falling on the ground and they're shrieking and the bees are crawling in their mouths and nose. Anyway, super horrifying. There's two names I need to add amongst the, among the stung. That's a uh, listener, Nico. Nico was uh, stung earlier this week. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family because I believe if I'm not sure, I'm, I think that Nico is probably gone. He didn't, didn't message me back after telling me he was stung. And then this one late breaking development. I've never got to late break news before, but I was told right before the show, that uh, the war has come home. That's right. My own nephew, Aaron, was stung by a bee earlier today. They stung him on the foot, which is a clear message to me. Like, so you know how the mob likes to send messages? Like, remember in that yeah. one mob movie where they didn't like horses, so they put the horse in the bed? <laughs> right. it was, it was, really, that wasn't the exact reason, but yeah. I didn't really get that movie, to be honest with you. But anyway, I got stung a lot as a kid because just the bees are on the ground and uh, I I'm very tall. So like bees don't want to, they're very lazy. They don't want to take time to fly up other than my face to sting me. But they're often like we're in Coke cans and things like that. I remember so many summers and my sister will vouch for this at the pool and uh, where, where I would get stung on the foot. So it's a clear message that I'm, I'm getting the word out that humanity is taking our streets and our groves back from the bees and the bees are striking back. I'm just urging all of you to push forward through the end of summer. Do not let up on them. Fight them in the streets, fight them on the beaches because they're there. Light them up with gasoline, fire guns wildly into the air. Uh, use no reckoning or caution whatsoever. And this will be the year that we can defeat the bees. I think I'm out, Drew. Did you want to do maybe an ad read before we dive? No, in? I got a couple things. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, maybe you want to do the ad reads because once again, I've forgotten the copy. But you, you, <laughs> if you can, I mean, I'll find. No, something, yeah, I, sure. I, I, but listen, yeah. you, here's the thing with bees: like you're either with us. Or you're, or you're with them. It's resist yeah, yeah. or you're serve when us. it comes you're, to the bees. Right. You're either you're either part of our like anti-bee faction or you're uh, a shrimpy wimp. Yes. So just be I very careful that. about what side you you take uh, in the bee uh, scenarios. We do need to come up with like a bee board just to keep the keep track because I've, it, I've got it all over there. Actually, I just need to put it behind okay. me. Um, but yeah, but I, I'm all about data. Like I want to keep track of who's been stung and when and where. It's, it's a map too with little pinpoints. Yeah. But if you take George W. Bush's post 9-11 speech and swap out terrorists with B, that is how I feel, okay? Yeah, <laughs> like I you are it. You are with us or with them. We can hear and, you. And, right. and yes, we can hear you stung people. And uh, and if you're not with us, you know, we're going to we're gonna seek out and destroy your interests throughout the world. So, you know, it's, it's on like Donkey Kong. And I'm like, some people around here, I'm not going to just give up 20 years later. Like, I'm invested. Okay, I am, I am almost 40. <laughs> I am definitely not giving up at age 60. I'm in it, guys. Totally, personally committed to the whole anti-beef thing. Okay, I want to talk about this now. And, and, I, and how much I appreciate all of the people in the chat that I see here. Janelle, Lumber Chef, David is our mainstay. He hasn't called in a while, so we don't, we want, we question his, uh, whether he was uh, stung so bad that his throat closed. Will Cray's in there, uh, meat and potato. Hey, Tater, how you doing? Uh, Bosk is our mainstay. Somebody named Andrea up late, who we have seen on Tuesday nights for the past couple of years. Uh, Christy's here. She's uh, related to everyone on the show in one way or another. We're all God's children. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all of you. I know I missed a f uh, quite a few, but um, you're, you're, you're on the bus early. You're on the Tansy train early, and and we really appreciate that. I'm, I'm going to tell you now that we're growing in our YouTube uh, quicker than probably we all anticipated. Uh, John John did a reel the other day that I thought was brilliant, 
Guys, I, I got put it 14 up. of you to sign up. What? <laughs> I, I put a show, I put it on uh, YouTube. Oh, I'm sorry. Our YouTube department put it on YouTube as a short, and uh, we gained 14 subscribers from that. I, I, the buzz is in the air. Forgive the B pun. The buzz is in the air. Tomorrow, uh, Eric and I are going to be hosting uh, the Friday Breakdown. We're going to be talking about the taser car incident where the fellow was Brutal. run over after being Brutal. tased. We are going to have... At the underscore antihero underscore podcast. That's his screen name. I believe his real name is Tyler. I think he's the tattooed cop. But uh, he's uh, he's going to be like co-hosting with us. And uh, we're just going to talk about this whole situation. There's been a couple situations where people have been either run over or hit by cars after being tased. Uh, that's not all, though, John. Uh Eric is going to be on OAN, One American I know, News. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, there's a there's a segment. Uh, there, there's like a night show, kind of like a Greg Gutfeld, but but not big. And I don't want to minimize them, but, but I mean, but like, not small either. I mean, I've never no, been definitely like... not small. Eric is not small, if that's what you mean. But he's going to be only, on OAN on Tuesday only small night. In stature. He will fit in one standard Samsonite, but he's a big deal in terms of being yeah, on TV. Yes, he is. He's he's framed. He's a yeah. He will be. He's going to be great though. It's a segment about cops and comedy, and and he does both. He's uh, brilliant at both. So uh, look for that. One American News. You can go on to oan.com. You can check all your socials. You'll you'll see where to uh, th- because I think they're primarily on like uh, cable. You know what I mean? Like they're a cable network. Well, we'll so, that if you follow us on the show, socials, we'll give us the oh, link. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you the links, all the information you need to watch Tansy on TV. That's going to be the bomb. But that's not yeah. even the biggest announcement, Drew. Did you want to save the biggest announcement for the end? Should we tease it, or do you just want to no, drop a, a big bomb? No, I on got all these a couple right things. Now? I mean, I got a couple things. I know you're anxious to get moving here. I'm I'm going to be on the Street Cop podcast. Oh, uh, I'm going to be interviewed for the Street Cop podcast. Shall I say next? week sometime uh, i don't know if it's uh, i don't know what i can and cannot say i don't know what the turnaround time is i don't even know if they're gonna uh you know record it they might just be placating me uh but it's it's definitely about my uh now they're gonna truman show you put you on a <laughs> fake podcast even though you yes. have your own every thursday yes I wow drew everyone loved it <laughs> i do have a story about that actually uh uh the russian uh, rt did that to me uh, so um, I think they were picking information from me. Uh, total conspiracy theory. We'll get to that in tonight's show, which I can't. Is that wait why for. America has gone down the shithole since they captured you? It was right before the invasion, so I I, just I'm just saying. Who to, who to blame for that? Okay, so so here's the big news. Next Friday, Eric and I are going to be interviewing Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Yes, he is uh, he's? I can't even remember what county he's from. He's in. He's from Arizona. That Arizona a, one. Yep. He's an older gentleman, um, was a sheriff for many, many years. He was he was held in contempt over a, a traffic stop that one of his uh, deputies did, uh, and President Trump pardoned him for, for various reasons. But he was uh, most noted for the tent cities. He would have the prisoners out in tents. Uh, he also had them in chain gangs. Like he was getting, he, he was making going to jail a punishment once again. And he also had, uh, I think he gave them pink, pink underwear to wear, you know, to kind of, to, 
you know what I'm saying to kind of chill and, them and, out a little bit. And and to your point about that, just that's not a, a joke about inmates in color. Uh, the prison that I worked at, we had in a given section, it's kind of sectioned off into three triangles. This one over here was like a sage green. This one in front's like a cerulean blue, and this one over here is mauve. And you're just like, why isn't this whole thing battleship gray? These guys don't deserve nice colors. And it was to calm them all the hell down. So the whole thing with wearing pink, you know, kind of takes the machismo out of the situation. Sure. Uh, anyway, very interesting guy. I, he's, yeah. uh, he's He's been a big deal for a long time. I can't believe he's going to be on this show. Uh, I can't wait to watch that. So just uh, he's excited about it. He's he's in his late 80s, early 90s. I'm not even sure if he's I, I think he ran for sheriff. I don't think it was successful recently. He's, he also ran for mayor. He's in Maricopa County in Arizona. Yeah. Um, it's just, a, you know, just a career law, man. It's just somebody that we want to, um, you know, we want to talk to. And uh, he wants to talk to us. He's interested in the show. So old school guy for red for president. I'd be very tempted. Just I like him a lot. <laughs> right, right. Um, because so, he does so, meet that mi minimum age for us. He is, he is 35 and he was yeah. born in the United States. Those are the two things that I want. No, 88 seems to be the minimum age. At the, at oh yeah. 80, 88 anymore. JFK was, was 35, but yeah, I was talking to my boss today. I'm like, you know, we used to, could he, he was comparing some speeches and things like that. And I told him about how my favorite JFK speech was the one he gave to, I believe a uh, rice university. And I was like, you know how we used to say that Reagan was the great communicator. I would settle for a communicator at this point. And then I'm like, I would settle for mean tweets at this point. You know, like JFK used to get up there and say, we chose to go to the moon and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. And we got Joe Biden goes, America could be summed up in one word. The Hindu. Listen here, Jack. No other president. You know, it's just like, oh man, you know, say what you want about policies. We can't even get to that point because the guy is constantly falling over, which by the way, Chevy Chase made his whole career making fun of Gerald Ford falling over one time on SNL. He made a whole career out of that. Yeah, it tumbled and down the stairs. Exactly. He did that one time. We got Joe Biden falling off of bikes, off of airplanes, falling Dude. at the Air Force graduation. <laughs> He's sniffing little kids. Guy's untouchable, though. No idea why. I used to think that Trump was going to be our most, like, easily mockable president because of his manner his abrasive personality his hair the fact that he obviously tans just very laughable person right and then uh joe buys just hold my beer i'm gonna be the most embarrassing president ever do you yeah, remember this is a, not to keep go going ahead. this is my last thing just because i like history do you remember drew when the most embarrassing thing that had ever happened on uh, on on live TV, the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to an American president and shamed our whole country for a whole summer was George H.W. Bush throwing up broccoli like that used to be like, well, America yeah. has like taken a step down in prestige like, you know. We need to land on the like moon a couple he, more times to get back to where we were. And now it's just, there's nothing. Something he kind of couldn't control. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just, know. it came up on him. You know, he was in Japan and it just, it came up on him and he just like, <laughs> like through yeah. this. Yeah. He, he and, just but, didn't like broccoli. Joe Biden, he literally, on, is, he, he literally poops his pants. I mean, <laughs> this is Joe Biden. Hold on. I had my eyes closed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I saw when he was talking to some Ford dignitary. He's like, <laughs> right. reading off paper, and you're like, and he's like nodding off. I'm like, oh man. This is my, my favorite uh, Joe Biden quote is the following uh, Look, Jack, 
Barack and I uh, taught a wizard to ride a skateboard, and wouldn't you know it, that little magical bastard made it from uh, D.C. to Baltimore quicker than a barber can shear goat skills. Uh, I'm talking about the wizard, not Barack. Anyway, my grandkids play candle hockey with regular kids, and I can taste colors. I will never forget the actual shit he said that was horrible. Like when he described Barack as like, oh, he's so he's so unusual. He's so he's so like well spoken and clean. And yeah, he doesn't have face tattoos, which is what you would expect. From him. <laughs> or like when I he did... said, or when he said, now these are just his actual takes. Now black kids deserve, you know, are just as smart as as, as, as the regular as, kids, as, as regular kids, <laughs> or, as, or, or as rich kids or white kids or whatever it was. It was just some <laughs> terrible take. Like the guy's a gaff machine. Nobody cares. I remember when George. W. Bush like got locked out of the White House by mistake, like he couldn't get back in. It just turns around and shrugs, like it was laughable. Yeah, but he just but, he went to the door and it was locked, and he just like. But Babylon B every <laughs> single day is just like we can't even satire him. Like we just report what he actually does. <laughs> like, we're, like this is the easiest presidency that Babylon B has ever had to cover because it's just, just what did he do today, man? And and it's such a you know we joke about it, but what a sad state for the country that it came down to those two guys and like. Believe me, I could say some things about Trump that, you know, might offend people or, you know, whatever. There's some policies that I liked just because I'm conservative. That doesn't mean I liked all his policies. But like, come on, look at the look at the two guys that we got. And then look at the guys that we have running now. Like Mike Pence thinks he's going to make a serious run. Like you realize everyone who loved Trump hates you and Democrats hate you. So what? Exa- <laughs> who exactly are you going after here? Who You're likes right. you? You're just the Jeb Bush this time around. You know, I don't know. What <laughs> um. So, John, uh, sorry, that was that was the politics hour with John and Drew. Yeah, right. So we we are both probably going to jail for insurrection. But, we, we, uh, John, why don't you pop out and pop back in and see if the chats come back for you, and then I'm going to do the exact same thing. Oh I'm no, gonna, if you I'm do gonna that, pop out. I'm going to be right back. Yeah, yeah. I'm but if you do that, will it take your your video with you? Is my question. Yeah, so maybe I need to pop out. No, I'll go. It's an, okay. it's an issue. Streamyard's aware of it. They're working on yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, nice I know. I, I know, but I, I'd like to keep up with the chat. So go okay. for it. Okay. Uh, I'll go and then you talk and then I'll come back. All <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, I'm Drew Breezy, if you didn't know, uh, but we're having an issue with the chats. And that's all. We're not, uh, it, it's, a, it, it's a StreamYard issue. And uh, if you're listening, this is probably pretty boring for you right now, but we're just trying to get it back because we love the interaction. And, and while we're on the subject of interaction, you can call us at 848-COM-911. That's 848-266-6911. I would love to hear your voice. We're going to hear some voicemails at the end. But we have an intriguing show for you tonight, believe it or not. I'm going to dip out for 10 seconds or so. John's going to try to uh, probably get the thing started. And uh, do, don't you think? Or are you going to do an ad read? Yeah, I'll do an ad read real quick just because when I left it, I just unloaded or disloaded all of my stuff. Guys, this show is brought to you by Ghostbed. You know it. Ghostbed is a wonderful company. Uh, go to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack, and you can get up to 40% off across the site. That's right. They're cooling technology mattresses. They're adjustable frames. Right now, there's a flash sale. It's flash sale on the site, though. That's 50% off. So don't be an idiot. Go on there and get the 50% off. You don't have to use our code every time. But if you are going to do that, when you go into the comments section, when you're checking out, make sure you tell them that Tansy and the gang sent you. That's right. Put Wolfpack in there or use Wolfpack in the, as the offer code so that they know that you're coming to them because of us. You're supporting us. You're supporting Ghostbed when you do that. Um, 
we love GhostBed because they support first responders like you and their families and veterans. We also love their adjustable bases, which I already mentioned. And every mattress is built with that built-in cooling technology, which is perfect for hot nights. Guys, right now, it is boiling hot outside. I don't care where you live. Uh, I'm way up north. I have to go shovel snow after the show, and it is still hot where I live. I still could use a ghost bed. You could try them for 101 nights, and if you're not happy, you send them back. There's no hard feelings because you slept on a ghost bed. Sleep smart tonight. Guys, go get a ghost bed. Support failure to stop. Also, factor meals. I am sad to report that I am now out of factor meals. Why? Because I ate all of them. I had a couple people message me, uh, Carly and some other people are like, hey, you just kind of shilling for these people or what? I'm like, no. No. I am a very busy dispatcher. I live like an hour away from where I work now. I spend most of my time in the car. I don't have time to pack up stuff, particularly since like I am getting older and I'm trying to stay in shape. Like you can't tell on the camera that I'm trying to do that. But guys, they send you great food. That goes with your diet, whether you're trying to be carb conscious or you're trying to keep the calories down or like you're a you're a vegan person or whatever it is you get going on with you. They will send you this food. It is delicious. It is like eating at a restaurant, which I need because I live in a town without a restaurant, guys. Like I could go down to the gas station for a hot dog. I'm getting restaurant quality food in the middle of nowhere is being sent to me. I throw in the microwave for two minutes or I cook it conventionally, plop it on a plate. And it's delicious, guys. I, I, my favorite is the Parmesan chicken. I had that the other night at Dispatch. I take it out of the kitchen. I go back into the bullpen where everyone's working. And all my coworkers are like, that smells so good. What is that? And I say, none of your damned business because I'm very private for my coworkers. <laughs> I'll thank you to mind your own affairs, Tam. But <laughs> I said good day. I said good day, sir. But it's very, very delicious. Thank you to mind your own affairs, Tam. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little bit of a feedback there, Drew. Uh, but uh, it's probably just because I was yelling. Um, but guys, no, I, I'll tell you what it was. But go ahead. Keep guys, going. go to the website, use Wolfpack50 as the offer code. They've been very gracious to support us. We want you to support them. Show them that failure stop matters. Show them the Wolfpack is there. Show them that you are invested in yourself and getting a good meal, feeding yourself right, sleeping right on a ghost bed. That's what's going to keep the podcast going for another year, guys. We just celebrated two years here. Mike and Eric, the legacy that they started a little over two years ago. We're carrying the flame now. Me and Drew and Andrea, to a much lesser extent, dead leg. Also, Jay is doing a really great job. We just encourage you to support the sponsors because that keeps us going. All right. Ads have been read. What else you got, Drew? No, I, I just, I, I'll explain what that was that you heard. It was me um, bringing up my YouTube because I oh. did the pop out chat so I can see the chat because I lost the chat as soon as I came back. Yeah. The oh. last, the last thing I could see is uh, Megan B who's a big fan of the show and Megan's also very cool. It says Q swatting, but that's from so long ago that I don't, I don't yeah. know what that's from. Oh, it's probably because from the politics that the FBI is going to crash in. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, they're going to get me with a kill dozer or something. Uh, I'm ready to just launch in the case, though, if you're ready. I, I would love it if you just launched it in the case. All right, we're going to launch in the case. Guys, I'm going to take you to uh, a, a comm center. I'm going to take you there in western Michigan. It's a nice place. Think Holland, Grand Rapids. It's a very nice place to be. And uh, you're in kind of a small town. Your police department has nine police officers and four part-time police officers. You're a 911 dispatcher. You take a call. It's about a small uh, two-vehicle non-injury accident. It's out by the... Uh, uh, the Meyer grocery store. And then you take a 911 call about a, a domestic, but it's just a misunderstanding. It's, it's a verbal argument. No one's arrested. Peace comes back to the County. And then, uh, and then you hear this 911, 911 call being played. 
This is from where? No, I don't call me 911. Yes, hello. This is Anthony John Serigliano, North Michigan Avenue in Fremont, Michigan, 49412. Okay, and what's going on tonight? We got 32 seconds. It's either yes. detected or missing. Everyone is okay. But I need the Fremont Police Department, and I believe he is Captain Geeting, John Geeting. I need okay. some police protection immediately. Okay, for what? It is of vital national interest. It is related to September 11th, and people want to erase me from the face of the earth. I'm not crazy. Mr. Geeting knows me. I'm a Christian. I just need some help. And then the U.S. government will take it from here. I know this sounds crazy. You don't have instructions for this. Please send uh, someone that knows Geeting and can talk to U.S. authorities, please. Okay. And do you have any weapons there? No weapons at all, not even a BB gun. All right, how do we That's, spell your last name? Sure, it's C-I-R-I-G-L-I-A-N-O. And your phone number? We have no landline. Okay. All right, we'll get them over there for you at 823 North Michigan in Fremont, okay? Okay. Can they come with their lights off and not to frighten my children, please? Yep, definitely. Okay, I'll look for them, knock on the door, and who, please try to send Mr. Geeting, even if he has to be awoke from his sleep. It's that important, yep. please. Yep, no, he's on right now. Okay, thank you. Yeah, bye. Drew, your initial thoughts. That's a lot to comment on, but I just want your gut reaction. What do you think? Uh, we deal with uh, a lot of this, um, and <laughs> um, you, you don't want to. Uh, the thing is, he believes it's a hundred percent true. You have to, as an investigator, kind of uh, lead them to believe that you believe them at least. You have, you have um, to treat treat their their you have to treat their beliefs as as valid. If you you can't you can't invalidate their beliefs. Go on. So I mean, if it's uh, if it's a matter of um, like, I, here's another thing that's popped into my head. Hold on a second. Like, let me rewind a bit. He's asking for a captain so and so specifically. My guess is captain so-and-so is a fellow parishioner or something that like goes to his church and he knows him and he's on a first name basis with him or he's talked to him before over a complaint or something like that and he's kind of like trust saying, him. Hey, yeah yeah you trust him he, he's somebody that you know he knows and he trusts so um and we get that a lot too like and he even at the end he was like look even if you have to wake him up it's that important um and sometimes that is a you know, that's good for the investigation because I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but when you get to the house and you find that these guys, <laughs> this whole family is missing, uh, you do want to start gathering some background and stuff. So what are your initial thoughts on this? 
Well, first of all, you know, I'm just remarking on, on how calm he is. I like a 911 caller that's calm and cool and collected. That kind of draws me into it. And it and it, to be honest with you, it actually makes me, uh, my initial reaction as a, the first time I heard this call is like, I'm, I'm kind of believing what you're saying because like you seem very put together. You know, you're not, if he's in a manic state or something like that, I'm not getting into those other, other signals. He's saying, you know, everybody here is fine. Uh, what's interesting to me is that there's a huge section missing that's not like typical information, like, you know, where's your address or whatever, because we hear all that. And then when it comes back on the line, he he's answering a question. Yes, and he's still very calm. But here's something interesting, and because dispatchers like to look into things. And the reason why I'm, I, I was very interested in to put this case on here, by the way, Eric Tanzi sent me this case, is because I'm a true crime buff. I love true crime. Missing persons is probably my favorite subgenre of true crime. And every time I listen to a true crime podcast, I'm always like, but why didn't they do this? And it's because a lot of times missing persons calls start as 911 calls and the process starts with me. So I'm like the first person that does missing persons investigations. And, uh, but without getting too deeply into that, I looked on the website for the Fremont Police Department. That's how I know that they've only got, you know, a few full-time officers. They've got one detective, one sergeant. And a chief and a bunch of part-timers. It actually resembles a lot of police departments that are, that are around here. There's no John Geating. Now, I know this was a year ago, and so he may have moved on. I did do a little bit of checking. The same information that I'm using to access to find out all about Will Cray's life. I found out that there's a John Geating in Michigan, but he lives a little bit closer to where the Wolverines play. Uh, no one in that department holds the rank of captain. It's uh, there's the chief, there's a detective, there's a sergeant, there's patrol officers, there's like an SRO. Now, civilians get ranks wrong all the time. If they think they're part of the command staff, they'll call them captain, they'll call them lieutenant. So I'm not too thrown off by that. The other thing is the dispatcher just say, well, he's working tonight. So that kind of lends credence to the idea that maybe gating exists. On the other hand, there's some context missing from this call, I think. Uh, is it possible that this is a frequent flyer? Has he called earlier tonight? Has he called multiple times? Has he called about other subjects? Has he called about things that aren't germane to this and so they're not a part of the investigation? Uh, the police chief later goes on to say that, you know, we didn't frequently have problems with this family. But, you know, if we are looking at some sort of uh, acute psychosis, paranoid delusions, anything like that, I'm inclined to believe that there's probably been some other phone calls before. And it could just be that the dispatcher is has perfected the art of the punt. The punt is when you know all this other stuff that's going on and uh, the information you're about to glean from this person is largely useless anyway. She did get the most critical piece of information was that, is there a weapon there? She got the sense no one was in danger. Not criticizing her at all. I think she did a great job. But what she realized is this guy needs to talk to a police officer. It's what he wants. There's no reason why we can't send a police officer to talk to him. Uh, if Geating's on duty, we'll just send him on over. It's 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 easier to uh, just grant that complaint grant that request than to buck against it. A lot of times people do what we call cop shopping where they want to talk to someone that they think they have like the inside edge with, or, you know, deputy so-and-so really understands my son or, uh, well, I, I better talk with this officer because they're the one who investigated the case. And it's just like, they're, they're at home. You know, if you want to move forward with this, if you got critical information, any police officer can kind of step in here and take this report from you. It's all likely going to go to another person anyway, or they can see all the case notes the other person put in. So she's perfected the art of the punch. She's determined that no one there is in immediate danger. He says, that, you know, it's not an emergency. They've got big concerns, but the police officer should be able to resolve that. So you punt to the police team and the police team will run it back. Uh, Drew, if you're getting dispatched to a call where a guy says that uh, because of what he knows about 9-11 is uh, causing concerns for him and his family and he wants to talk to U.S. government officials, what's the plan as you're driving over there? 
uh, keep an open mind. The, the the problem with any or all of these calls, and I, you know, I'm e- I'm even talking from an administrator standpoint. Like if I were the shift commander and I see this call go out, um, I, I, it's going to pique my interest. Uh, number one, but number two, I, I, if there's anything I haven't learned in my 28 years and change, it's that the stranger the story, the more true it is right so yeah because it's so alien to you not not alien in the in the sense of the invaders that are just strange yeah on earth yeah Yeah, just the more foreign it is to you the more the the more it's probably like likely true like i I, you know i can give endless examples i had an i had a kid one time call in uh on the non-emergency line he said he wanted to, to meet at the the front of the hospital because he didn't want to be seen and he described a, a like a murder victim to me and where exactly where it was and how the people got stuck in the sand and blah 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 and it was down in the city of tampa so sure enough you know i drove the kid down to the city of tampa i met a city of tampa police lieutenant down there and sure enough there was a body in the water floating in the water she had been shot right in the head so and sometimes it's like, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. And um, th- so you've got to approach this with an, with an open mind. And <clears throat> you're probably begging or praying that there are family members there that can either validate or invalidate what this guy's saying. Or um, explain it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or explain it like, uh, yeah, I mean. He's uh, not on his meds. Yeah, right, I mean, that's right. a simple simple explanation, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, we, we've been down the 911, uh, 9-11 road with him. But, uh, you know, like, so you just got to go there with an open mind and just, just this is where your communication skills come in. Like, and, and it's, it, it better be non-judgmental as in, like, you can't be like, okay, yeah, right, Mr. Tinfoil. Like, you better listen to everything this guy's got to say. There are times that people actually, you know, have information. But, you know, I suspect that if if he has information that people want to wipe him off the planet, he's he's not going to call his local police department one and two. He's already been in contact with with somebody. I mean, I would think because um, the local police department is not going to save you from from the terrorists that are flying, you know, hundreds or tens of thousands of miles to come wipe you off the planet. I mean. Or, you know, if it was a false flag thing. Um, uh, my favorite bit is from the subsets where uh, I think Bart calls 911 about, uh, uh, he thinks that Flanders is killing his wife. And Wiggum answers 911 and he goes, oh, yeah, let me just write all this down on my invisible <laughs> typewriter, right? And then he's just like weirdo. And then, so Bart, like, okay, nothing. And then someone else dials 911. He's like, clearly a distress, and he's flicking a lighter. And he goes, I just torched a building, and I'm afraid I'll do it again. And Chief Wiggum's like, yeah, all right, we've heard all about that. And, you know, so that's what happens when you when you don't take it professionally, right? Like, you're gonna you're gonna miss like the actual problem, which is you know systemic of the Springfield Police Department. Uh, but uh, no, so there could be a simple explanation. And you said that uh, truth is often stranger than fiction, but sometimes fiction is less true than the truth you know like we've all taken calls about stuff that's just way way out there people call in because my one of my favorite calls if my coworker's watching she's gonna love this one but she calls it it gives me this long story about how she's been uh, sex trafficked from mexico and uh all this stuff which is really really terrible sounding but she gives it to me all in one breath and then at the end of it her primary concern was was like somebody took her box set of dvds and she wants that back <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> 
Okay, that was a lot to get to just like a civil dispute over ownership of DVDs. And like even last week, uh, this was uh, just so interesting with everything we've been doing with Canada. But somebody dialed 911. They want to be transferred up to Winnipeg. And I'm like, sir, I cannot transfer you across international lines. And like, well, what kind of shit poke, you know, thing is this? We have all this technology. You can't transfer you to Canada. I'm like, I don't know why you think I would be able to transfer you to Canada. Right. But, well, but you can't, you can't he, call Canada. What do you want no, me to do? No. So he thinks I'm in on it because the Winnipeg police won't investigate all these dead, all these uncovered bodies that are out there somewhere around Winnipeg. He goes, you know, the Mounties or whoever, you know, the Winnipeg police are, are like covering this up. And he thinks dialing 911 in America is somehow gonna like and and not only that but just to close out that thought if the police aren't doing anything you're dialing 911 who are you getting i've had so many people say now who do you call would you want someone to police the police like send someone over here a police officer's oppressing me and i'm like he's already there man i can't i don't have another police i don't have like the fbi agent to send him over there and like arrest the police officer for anyway just to finish off that silly point but so all of this, you know, that the, they go out there and they ba- basically do a well-being check on him. They make sure that he's all right. Seems like everything there is fine. Obviously, he's got some different or interesting ideas, which he's free to have. We'll get into that a little bit. But, Drew, I'll continue with uh, playing some of the media coverage, unless you have any more thoughts on that. No, I see something. That Megan brings out a good point in the chat. I mean, he, he does sound sane and he sounds completely normal. And um, But he's saying not normal things and not saying things, but what if it, what if it's like a diabetic shock type deal or what if it's a, you know what I'm saying? Or what if it's like code for uh yeah, I've got, I've got four, you know, armed uh, terrorists in my basement and they're holding my family hostage. It's just something going going back to, yeah. Episode three, Paul Pelosi has got a friend in his house, you know, like (laughs) sometimes things are coded. This is not, this doesn't really strike me as code right away because it's so specific, you know, about they want to disappear me from the face of the earth. It's a little, I don't know. It could be, could be full of psychosis, but you know, I'm going to tell you, Drew, and this is just me and this is not you because you're a seasoned investigator. You've seen it all. And uh, it's just Chinatown to you, man. I get it. But like, I always hold out a little bit of hope that maybe there's just some real weird X-Files type shit going on because like sometimes weird shit, terrible shit happens. And why wouldn't they call 911? And why wouldn't a 911 dispatcher respond? You know, you watch all these movies and the dispatchers are always left out of it. You know, everything that happened in Terminator, you don't see a single 911 dispatcher in that movie, case in point. You know? Uh, I, I don't even know if you're uh, of age for this, but I can tell you this when I was growing up. my One of my role models was Orson. So at the end of every Mork and Mindy, Mork would have a conversation with Orson back home in the in the main planet. Uh, Mark calling Orson, come in, Orson. And uh, Orson was all knowing. Like he he would give him a life lesson and he would like, you know, sometimes Mark, you know, people are just plain crazy. You know, like he Orson just knew everything. So he was kind of my idol. And you never got to see Orson. He was just uh he was just a being, you know, kind of like God. The, they did the same thing in my era, which was third rock from the sun. And uh it was the big giant head, and it was William Shatner, so it was less interesting. Anyway, that's that's the deep Thursday night must-see TV trivia for you. Yes. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and keep playing the media coverage. Go for it. All right. It's back in the stream. Here we go. We're going to get a news report from WOOD TV. First up at 6 o'clock tonight, developing news out of Nuego County, where a family of four is missing. Nobody has seen or heard from the Cerigliano since Sunday. Police say they left behind a family member who they care for and their pets at their home in Fremont. 
News 8's Kyle Mitchell spoke with Fremont's police chief. He's live there now with what we've learned today. Kyle. Police say they haven't been seen since Sunday. Officers were called to their home the day before their disappearance. Tony Cerigliano, his wife Suzette, and sons Brandon and Noah are missing. Suzette's mother, who has dementia, was left behind. Police say she's being cared for by family. The family member tells News 8 there was no sign of trouble at the home and that the father's phone was gone, but the mother's was left behind. Police say officers were called by Tony to the home the day before the disappearance. Around midnight on Sunday morning on, on October 16th, hey, stop it for a second. two of my officers went to... Go ahead, Drew. This, this chief I've seen on many news reports is probably the most laid back. Like, I would love to to be in the town where this guy is the chief of police. He's just so laid back, so well-spoken. He's very just, He's instantly likable, and I don't know if that comes across in audio only, but I actually thought the same thing. I'm like, yeah, that's just a chief I want to work for. Um, interestingly, when you go to the website, and I'm not trying to do anything to Fremont PD, but the thing that was cool about it is it has all their desk phone numbers. <laughs> so like that's that's how small of a police department this is like if you want to talk to uh, officer ethan so-and-so dial this number and like you can leave him a voicemail like that's how small this police department is this guy's totally professional totally cool and it, it just says something about how you know like i said the size of the police department there's not a captain and it's just it's kind of a small town place and if you listen to uh the phone call that serigliano made you know at one point he kind of tries to uh borrow from the credibility of his culture and his community you know he says you know i'm a christian i'm not crazy i know that there's no plan for this i know that you know you're doing the best you can that this is the most insane call you've had in probably forever and it's just you know if chief tim rodwell hears any indications like man people in western michigan and i have been there they're just cool normal people it's not I'm just disinclined to believe that, uh, you know, we just got, I don't, I just don't think Anthony is like a crackhead calling up. I think something else was right. <laughs> and I'm I, I, like, I commend the chief because in any of these uh, news broadcasts, his uh, blood pressure never raised above 120 over 80. Oh, he's very calm. And, and what's amazing too, is that, you know, uh, even KTLA in Los Angeles, these people are doing interviews with him and it's just like, yeah, we're concerned, you know, man, it's a weird situation. And we're, we're all, all of the Fremont police department, we're all working on it. And we what know are you we gonna hope, do? we hope for a good resolution. <laughs> yeah. on it. But at the same time, that's kind of where I'm like, this guy's a little practice. Maybe, maybe is he just so used to talking about Anthony Cerigliano that it's just like, he knows kind of exactly how to frame it, you know, could be. Um, cause you cause he's not, he's not really hedging anything. I think that he, I think that he possibly knows these people very well. And the report that I read, they had had contact with a family previous summer. There was go, something going on with one of their boys. And so they had contact with, uh, Tony at that point described him as a, as a interested father, as a loving father. And, um, so that cuts both ways. I'm inclined to believe, you know, that there's a good police department, good family, but on, uh, the other way that it cuts is like, so they know how screwed up he is and they just know that, you know, for legal reasons, they can't just be like, listen, this guy's a nut, nut job. You don't need to worry about it. Do not look into this case. Best left unsolved. <laughs> you know, best wishes to the next police department, wherever this guy winds up. Uh, you know, so I don't know. You, you could read so much into this and so much would cancel out so much else. But it's just, it's uh, frankly interesting. I'll keep going. Go for it. The, the Cerigliano house and had contact with um, Tony or Anthony Cerigliano. Tony was talking about um, issues or information that he had regarding the September 11th attacks. Um, but really what my officers were spending a great deal of time doing is talking to him and making sure everybody was safe 
and trying to make sure um, yeah, that mental illness wasn't putting anybody in jeopardy. Police are looking for the family's 2005 silver Toyota minivan. The chief says they don't have any sign of where that vehicle might be. We'll have the latest tonight at 7, 10, and 11. Live in Fremont, Kyle Mitchell, News 8. Okay, so yeah, he did. He did use the phrase "mental illness," so it's like he's he's opening the door for that. We're just making sure mental illness is not a problem. They obviously decided everyone was safe. Drew, go ahead. What the, what strikes me now? So we'll take it to the next phase of the investigation. You've arrived at the house. You see that this mother has been left behind. It was, you know, this guy's mother-in-law. I think I don't know if they mentioned that in the story or not. She has they a did. bit of. Yeah, okay, so she has a bit of dementia, so she obviously needs care of her own. They left some pets behind. But also, um, the entire family is gone. So this is where, you know, you're like, ah, man, it just seems like he's a little nutty. But at the same time, the entire family is gone. Like He also said he... they wanted to wipe me off the face of the earth. He made, he One of the threats that he explicitly stated he was that they, want, they wanted to disappear him. And that's exactly what happened. Right. So, so now you're like, you just, you've got to go through the whole thing. And, and you're just like, you know, you're, you're hoping for the best. Like, you're just like, man, I hope they just turn up somewhere. I hope they're, I hope he's just like, I hope he doesn't have them at gunpoint or, you know. Yeah. That's the um, worst thing you're, you're, that he's had some kind of psychotic break and that right. he's, uh, he's not responding appropriately to his family. The fact that they left behind mom-in-law who's got dementia, she can't take care of herself at all. They found her wandering the streets. That's how they found out the Cerigliano's were missing, right? They get a call, check while being on a pedestrian woman walking the streets. They're like, oh, she's so-and-so. She belongs at the Cerigliano's house. So they go over there. There's nobody there. And the pets are gone. You know, just uh, disappearing without a trace. It has kind of that... Uh, that Mary Celeste type feel, you know, you walk into the house and all the, all the food's still hot. And, you know, there's a, there's a pipe with, that still has some smoke coming out of it. You know, it has kind of just that, you know, what the hell happened? And then there's some stuff with the vehicle, but Drew, what, what are some of the initial things that you would want to get started on this investigation for a missing family of four? Well, you talk about the punt. This is where the patrol people tend to tend to try the punt, depending on the size of the agency. So you, you'd probably want to punt this to the detectives and let them start running it back because one detective for Fremont. Go ahead. Okay, but there there are, and I'm sure that they get help from surrounding townships or surrounding Michigan. counties or even state police. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what they're probably doing is. Um, interviewing family members like hey is he known to have uh, psychotic breakdowns is he known to have issues like this or and you got to be real ginger about all this too because there there's still you know there's still an element of they're adults they can they can come and go as they please they're not obligated to be anywhere in the united states of america you know what i mean but when you got this you know, kind of odd phone call and the fact that the mother's been left behind, but there's a little bit more to it, obviously. So you're going to want to start um, as an investigator, start, you know, digging into their social media. You're probably going to want to start digging into, uh, Hey, what's, what's his cell phone. And, and did he leave his phone behind? Because if he left his phone behind that, that becomes kind of useless for tracking purposes uh you want to know if he if his wallet's in the house or if he had a large amount of cash with him because now we can start looking at the credit cards and the in the in the atm 
you know, uh, patterns or the, or the credit have, card stuff. They didn't have any of his debit cards or credit cards were not used the entire week he was missing. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, at some point, you know, he, he must have taken a load of cash out. Like he was, how else are you going to, you know what I mean? So um, not only, not only that, but something that's interesting that you learn, you know, kind of after the fact, uh, neighbors said that the vehicle that they took this Toyota Sienna uh, was new to the family that before yeah. that they had only driven sedans. And that uh, there's one neighbor who says that uh, we recently, they, they bought this van and I saw the kids kind of checking it out. So uh, a van's obviously something that you can comfortably put a whole family in. Um, it's a huge transaction. Uh, I wonder, you know, how, how are you even going to fill that thing up? You've got to have some kind of cash, let alone feeding your family. You can't just go on the road and not have money. So also, you know, if you're going to live off the grid, that's the way you've got to do it too. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, this is all ind indicative that he wants to live off the grid because he doesn't want to be traced by the, the terrorists who want to erase him. Plus, by trade, he is in IT and I think even uh, financial IT. I mean, you know, when we were preparing for the story, I kind of pulled up his LinkedIn and <clears throat> took a look at, uh, you, you know, just like from the investigator standpoint, some of the things that I'd be looking at. And, um, you know, I don't want to put this guy's all the whole business out on the, on the, uh, internet here but i mean you know he's an it specialist he went to marist so you know there's little things that you can glean from these things like you know he worked at the certain company you probably want to go to the company uh, come to find out i think that company does it solutions for financial you know not investigations but banking related financial um, uh, it stuff so then, you know, to get an idea, he's got two or three um, people that have uh, left him recommendations on on his LinkedIn. And, you know, that gives you a picture of what he's like. I mean, you can tell, you know, he's he's told you he's a Christian man. He's a church. He goes to church. You're probably going to glean that from one of the neighbors anyway. Then you find out that he's like a family man, obviously, because they've never had an issue before. And he's got these two young or, or he's got these two boys and they're on the autism scale, by the way. I don't know if that was mentioned. And then you, you look at these uh, kind of reviews about him to try to get an indicator and they're, they're fairly recent. And it seems like he's got his stuff together. Like he's, the, you know, the reviews talk about how, you know, he's, he's concerned for the people that he works with. It's not, it's, you know, he's concerned for the team. It's not always about the company and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, he seemed like a good dude. And, and these are the kinds of things that you want to kind of gather so you know what kind of eye to approach this with. If it's, you know, if it's somebody that just leaves the house and leaves their family behind, um, you know, we get these calls all the time for like, a, a you know, it, usually it comes in uh, from a friend of the boss, you know, a friend of the chief or something. And uh, like so-and-so's missing and the whole church is up in a uproar because they think that, it, you know, it's suspicious. And, and you know, we could roll the dice and say he's either with a prostitute or we're going to find him in Cracktown. And 100% of the time <laughs> he, we find him either with a prostitute or in Cracktown. So, but, you know, this is different because it's like, you know, they're with, um, he's with his entire family and you know, people go off and go over the edge sometimes. I mean, one question I have for you, if, if I was, uh, if you called me on the phone and said, John, I need you to enter four people into NCIC is missing. One of the first questions I'm going to ask you is like, 
Okay, are they missing persons endangered or what kind of what's their status? Based on finding uh, mom-in-law wandering the streets and the pets left behind, uh, the state with the phones and the 911 call beforehand because the dispatcher would be able to tell you that call came in last night. You consider these people in danger? I don't. I, I think with the extenuating circumstances, I'm not willing to call them endangered just yet. I don't know that they are in danger, like IN space danger. So I'm not willing to call them endangered just yet. But we are, by the way, about to blitz this all over the media and probably every roadside, you know, every billboard on the road. And we're going to coordinate with DOT and blast this all over the media. So they have to be in there to at least check their welfare in, in case they are stopped. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you want to put in the hit to notify us. I, I wouldn't call them endangered at this point, but there might be some information that turns up in between now and say nine o'clock tomorrow night that maybe they are in danger. So what's going to happen just because we need to kind of go back down to basic levels, what a 911 dispatcher will do, and sometimes other departments have people to do this, but we're going to do an entry into the NCIC database, which is essentially a nationwide database where we maintain various files of various things, including missing, missing persons. For each person, we're going to have an entry that's tied to a single incident, a case report. We're going to put in all their vital statistics, you know, their name, their date of birth. We're going to put in um, their social security numbers, anything else that you can use to identify them, scars, marks, tattoos, any unusual features even. Um, this is kind of going to weird you out and gross you out, but it's like you can put anything in NCIC. There's a code for that. There's a drop-down menu where you can select, like, this person has a third breast. I know that's bizarre, that's weird, but uh, we have to be able to account for people in unusual deformities or whatever else is going on with them. Uh, so we're able to put all that information, and we're also able to tie it to a vehicle, so that if this vehicle, and they gave the license plate there, uh, if any law enforcement officer in, uh, the, in the country comes across this vehicle, it says like, hey, this is a you know missing person, or if the case changes so that the missing persons are endangered, that would give a police officer a reason to pull them over, do pull them over and do a well-being check. You know, hopefully contact the agency, see how many people are supposed to be in the vehicle, see maybe get some more background information, confirm that they are indeed missing. Uh, sometimes it happens that uh, you enter people as missing and they get found and then like uh, they don't get located or removed from the system. So someone will be missing and then they're not missing anymore. And then through a kind of a snafu, they're still listed <laughs> as missing. That can't yeah. happen. Like we're a people, right? But uh, that's something that, that we're going to put in, into national databases right away. Your local 911 agency has uh, access to all those uh, databases that can do all of those things. And we go through extensive training and we have extensive protocols so that we can maintain that system. And it's a, it's a vital part of, of how we communicate as 911 dispatchers. But that, that's a huge part of it is gathering that information. And I know that earlier this year, like Eric covered a case of a missing person juvenile where it was a girl who was like 16 and she had a tattoo. Like that's something uh, as a police officer that's vital. Recently, we had a juvenile go missing in my jurisdiction and uh, I have the police officer on the phone because like I need like lots more information. And so I said, does uh, does she have any uh, scars, marks or tattoos? And I can hear him talking to mom. And she goes, you know, is she any scars, marks, tattoos? And then I hear him kind of laugh, yeah, tattoos. She doesn't have any tattoos. I'm just like, man, you never know. You don't know what kids have. Uh, something like this, you know, suppose they, they turn up and we have to have some way of identifying them that's, uh, not asking them their name, having scars, marks, tattoos, anything like that could be tremendously helpful. You'd be surprised how much information can go into that database. But I know with juveniles, and correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, but uh, if they're if the police believe they're missing, they've got to be entered within like what the first 24 hours or something yeah. like that. 
Yeah. Yep. With, the, with adults, there's a little bit more leeway. Now, this is kind of where we go back to the podcast thing. You always hear, you know, uh, the police say they've got to be missing 24 hours before we, we enter them into NCIC. Now, every jurisdiction is different. But in this case, if it was mine and not necessarily Drew's, because we come from different jurisdictions, in this case, if a police officer goes out to the house, finds grandma walking the streets, these four people have Mary Celeste themselves. They're gone. Pets are left behind. Clearly not in the house. They're going in right away. It doesn't matter how long it's been. Uh, we just found out they're missing. We're gonna, probably going to go ahead and put them in. Why? Because it's really not a problem to put them in. Like it's ones and zeros yeah. going into a database. A lot of times, now I understand why you wouldn't necessarily want to do that in a big police department because people do have the right to just not answer their mom and dad. They have a yeah. right to just take the weekend off. They have the right to go into treatment and not have anyone know where they are. That's fine. So I, I understand administratively, but to me, it's not a problem. If someone, the number of people that I've entered into NCIC is missing. And then as soon as I have the last staple in the paperwork and it's all done, mom calls back <laughs> and said, oh, they're home. You realize I've solved more missing persons cases simply by completing the paperwork and having yes. that not work out for me. Just being a frustrating endeavor for me to complete. It but automatically the, somehow brings them home. Drew, the, go ahead. The, I mean, the, the other side of this too, like if, if the family had any kind of complaint over, like, why did you enter us? It, I'm telling you as the administrator, I would, the first thing I would say is, well, why did you call us? You know, like you, you can't, you can't make the argument that we just want to be left alone after you make the 911 call that says that people want you erased off the planet. So, yeah, exactly. um, you know, we just kind of have an obligation to check on them to make sure that they're okay. And then, you know, as, as long as we hear they're okay, we don't, there's no just evaluate them to make sure that they're not a threat, a danger to themselves or a danger to anybody else, in, you know, and to the kids, make sure the kids are fine and you're going to want to interview them while you're at the house, by the way, you're going to you're going to want to check for signs of a struggle or, you know, if, if the place is in disarray or, you know, you're going to want to note that kind of stuff in your report. But, um, you know, that's about it. Like so. As the story continues, the media becomes our friend in this, right? And by the way, Micah thinks seems to think, you know, if if you have a peg leg, that you would not be put into NCIC properly. But I, I think that I would guarantee be, you, I guarantee you, peg legs and peg legs in there, and it would be covered by uh, the television station WOOD. It Thank would, you. yes. I like how you're just ever observant, Drew. Um, yeah. Case, case in point, just about finding people and they're not really missing. We actually took a call once from Northern Michigan of all places. And they said, uh, well, we, you know, we're tracking a missing person and we believe that he's in your jurisdiction. And unfortunately, the uncertainty is such that we're not sure where he's at. We have a bunch of deputies drive around, look for the vehicle, can't find him. And uh, they're, you know, UTL 10-8, unable to locate, available for calls. And uh, so we're sitting there and me and my partner are looking at each other and he and I have solved quite a few crimes together and we don't, we don't like to brag, but I'm going to do it. So, so he's like, I know where he is. So he goes out to this truck stop. It's definitely in the area and he drives through and finds the car. This is after midnight on his personal time, calls dispatch back like, Hey, this missing guy from Michigan's over here. You probably want to send a deputy over. Sure enough, send a deputy over and he goes, I'm just seeing the country, man. Just looking at my life one mile at a time. I'm fine. So we call back Michigan like, guys, he's good. He's straight. And Michigan doesn't even have an obligation because he's a grown ass man to to tell anyone that, you know, we've located him. I mean, I don't know what your policy is there for you, Drew, but, you know, we're, if, if they're it's just a, exercising their adult agency, we don't have to tell on them. It's Go a ahead. difficult conversation to have. It's just like, look, 
we've met our obligation. We determined that he's fine, and he he doesn't want us to tell you where he where he is, and and that's between you and him. We're, we're you know like you called us to find him. We located him, and that's it. That's where well, it ends. I mean. Let me ask you this, Drew, because a lot of times people call in missing persons, they'll call back the next day because they haven't heard anything. I want to know what's going on in this case. I'll open it up on my computer. I see that it's been, you know, exceptionally clear. There's no issues. And I'll give it to a deputy. And they're just like, why am I calling this person? Well, they want to know the case disposition. Well, they're like, well, I'm not required to tell them. Like you just mentioned said, well, you know, we call them and tell them they're fine. You know, Drew, are you even required to tell them that they're fine? I mean, I guess you would want to do that as a courtesy to allay their fears, but I mean... No, you have to be careful with that. If it's a, if it's a stalker, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? You don't, you have to be very careful. In fact, most of the adult on the midnight shift, like most of the missing adults that you come across, like my husband hasn't come home yet. It's, it's definitely suspicious or, you know, I haven't seen my wife since she left for work. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I checked, uh, find my iPhone and it's pinging near this hotel. So I need you to go up to room 234 and not gonna, you know, people use us as their private investigators all the time. And we're not, we're not going to engage in that. Like, not or, just private investigators, but enforcers. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, enforcers. Or, yeah, yeah. They want us to go up there and bust them or intimidate them. And then the other thing too is uh, like uh, custody disputes. Like you know, getting getting us involved in. You know, I m- might be taking us off a little bit off the rails here, but I mean, like you know, taking. Uh, but but calling in saying, uh, hey, you know, one parent saying, hey, there's something there's something crazy going on at my ex-wife's house and there's a bad argument. And I need, you know, I, I ran a location history one night of uh, a guy that, that called and said that exact same thing. And I was like, we're not going to that at two in the morning. We're not going to that. We're not, I mean, and uh, I ran the location history file. We'd been out there 12 or 14 times. He, this was his pattern. He, he just, you know, she would either have an argument with her mom or, um, there would be no argument whatsoever. And he would just, because she wasn't answering her text would send us over there to knock on the door at two o'clock in the morning. And and we're not going to do that. That's, that's and, dangerous and, for everybody. Yeah. And dispatchers will ask him like, okay, so you want a well-being check done? We can do that. What's the reason for the check tonight? Well, he just, I know he uses drugs and alcohol. I'm like, okay, do you have any reason to believe he's currently intoxicated? No, he, I just know that he uses them. Like so-and-so said that he's strung out all the time. I'm like, okay. So you're concerned about your children, which is totally, you know, justifiable. I understand why you're worried about your kids, but you've got no specific information that anyone's in danger right now. No, you know, and they're kind of mad at you about it. I'm like, okay, I'll have a, a police officer call you. And I'm like, maybe the, you know, the stories tend to change, you know, when they contact the cops or that maybe it's more elaborate on the police decide to do the check or they don't decide to do the check. But my point is on this is like, there's a lot that goes on that never gets put into a podcast. Like police officers invest a whole lot of things and spend a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort and a whole lot of energy in which they could be proactively policing and preventing crime, trying to react to stuff that's not a crime. And so, so when you hear a podcast and you say, you know, the police, the police just didn't care. The police said, you know, there's a, there's no crime to investigate here. So there's no reason to, to look into this missing person. You know, they just, they, they went away because they wanted to go away and there's really nothing to it. It's like, you don't have the context. 
from inside the police to understand how much they are investigating, what else is on their plate, what do they need to be pursuing, what is and what is not suspicious. Mother's intuition, you know, as as cool as it is and how it always pays out on a, on a podcast, it's just not legally rigorous and it's not something you can put on, you know, a search warrant or any other legal document right. that, you, that you're going to be proud to show to a judge. Yeah, the, the, uh, you're not going to be able to... Yeah, you're not going to be able to add the tarot card to to the to the search warrant, like or to the I mean to the justification of why you you know you expended all these resources trying to find a kid that is probably just fine. They're just you know at somebody else's house, and I, yeah, I mean kids are a little bit different, especially yeah. it's it's all dependent on age. But yeah. yeah, I'll tell you, you know that you're you're you bring a good point. This is the kind of stuff that never makes it into a podcast. And I'm telling you, you know I, I'm I, I'm uh, an empath in the sense that um, I'll wear this. Like, you, you know, that, like I tell you, that's a difficult conversation to have with a parent or, or with somebody's, you know, like he's 21. He doesn't know what he's doing. Right. But he's 21. But he is an adult. And, and okay. He's an adult and we don't, we, we don't have any authority and we don't like, there's no suspicious circumstance and, and they're pleading with you because they know their kid. And at the same time, you're pleading with them because you know the law and like what you're supposed to do and what you can and can't do, but you want to help them. And at the same time, you can't. So like, I'm telling you those, those calls sometimes just stick with you. Like you just, you really wanted to do everything. And then, then what happens when the kid turns up, you know, on Nebraska Avenue with a knife in his abdomen, you know, and he's dead. You're like, so, so now they're going to blame us and and it's not our fault, but at the same time, you know, maybe I could have done something that night. Like uh, I should have just had them. You know, like what do you? But that's you know what that's I mean? retro. But that's retrospect for you, Drew. I mean, how many times? How many podcasts do you have? We were we were listening to disappeared, unsolved mysteries, any of these great shows, and uh, you're like the police. You know, just they fucked it up. They didn't do a good job. They didn't care. Uh, they didn't make this a priority. How many empathetic police officers' hands were bound by the law? to prevent them from doing things. And of yeah. course the police should not be put into a position where they have to justify themselves for taking an action, particularly since the podcast is happening because something bad happened. They shouldn't have to be put into a position where they have to justify themselves after the fact, because there's so many cases that happen that are not podcast worthy because it's nothing occurred. Well, there's so many things that happen in each case that are, are not podcast worthy. So, you know, there's about 10 or 15,000 things that those officers did that were right. It's just that, the two things they did were wrong are are worthy of a podcast. I get it. I understand it. It makes the story interesting, but you know, no one's going to get on there. It's not interesting. It's not selling any ads to get on there and talk about what everybody did. Right. If no. there was a bad conclusion. Yeah. Right? No, what, I, what sells, what sells ads is, is rampant and damning speculation. I know that there was a show, uh, an episode earlier of night shift earlier this year that I was co-hosting on and I was looking in the chats and a lot of people were very interested in what happened in this missing person. And I literally had someone in the chat say, this was one of those small town cops doing backwoods justice. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like we have a, 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 a town around here that's so small. It just has one cop. And like, uh, he got in trouble for like asking people to pay tickets right then and there. So it's like, I don't think you can just get away with stuff because it's small town backwards justice, a lone police officer not being supervised by anyone. And I'm not saying that like stuff can't happen, but like, why are we going straight to that? You know, there's so many facts that get, get salacious things get put into a podcast, all the humdrum good police work. That's not even interesting enough to put in an episode of law and order that just gets left out of it. 
and it tends to paint police professions as bad. I know sometimes we do come across cases where you're just like, what are they thinking? Um, but the, you know, case in point with this one, is just sometimes you do everything you can and there's, there's nothing you can do. And, and to bring home that point, the Serriglianos are still on the run, as far as I know. They haven't come home. I was reading a, a report here where they talked to their neighbor, Josh Brinkman, who told WZZM uh, that the Serriglianos, uh, that he, he he knows them, he knows the two boys, uh, he, the people in the playground play with these kids. They say about Tony that he's a good guy and that he's never shown any bad behavior despite losing his job a few years ago. And uh, they said, you know, do you have a message for Tony if he's still out there? And, you know, it's just stay safe and let us know if you're okay. We care about you. And, as, you know, as far I could be wrong. I don't know. Because it's not salacious anymore, right? Like if the guy's just at home doing what he normally does. It's not salacious. It's, there's no newscast on that. Uh, as far as I know, he's still out there in a van doing whatever he wants to do. And there's no police There's no police leverage to make a family of four come home and live a socio-normative life as we define it. Drew. Well, don't leave them hanging. I mean, they were recovered. They were they were found. Yeah, they were they were, they were seen at a gas station on the UP, and then they were later found in Wisconsin, which makes me say to Mister Serigliano, "You're not getting away from Al Qaeda, and you're not getting away from the U.S. government and the nefarious deep state if you're spotted at a gas station in the UP of all places. You know, not exactly the most uh, densely populated place on earth. Right, and then." spotted in wisconsin i know what you're thinking drew like there's so many cows in wisconsin you can't even see anybody false i've been to wisconsin so many times guess how many cows i've seen i've even flown over that state looking for cows out the window like six. an idiot. you know how many zero there's no cows you know, there i dated I someone that was a truck driver she, she she was her job to import cheese from napa california into wisconsin she wasn't allowed to talk about it she had to sign an nda i didn't sign anything they bring cheese right. into wisconsin from california <laughs> that's all i have to say about that I'm pretty sure um, he's he's probably like, okay, I got a I got a good plan. We're gonna go straight to Minneapolis. <laughs> Mini, yes, Minneapolis of all places. Thank you for catching that on my episode with Eric. That uh, they absolutely play get straight true crime uh, uh, law and crime persons. They they went to Minneapolis. I'm like, you know, that town has been in the news in the last three years. You think you would be able to pronounce it? Anyway, they found this family. It's a strange case. 911 dispatchers get to deal with this stuff all the time. I've described it as true crime in real time. And when the weird stuff comes up, it's it's provocative. And your mind can wonder when the call is over and done and you've got everybody entered into NCIC and there's nothing more that you can do on it tonight. You know, your mind wonders and you wonder about things. And certainly, uh, the, you know, the, the seeming national significance of the case uh, lends a lot of intrigue and things like that to it. But right. Um, you just, you have to wonder what's going on with the family. Now you have to wonder what's going on with mom, that she would leave her own mother behind because she absolutely believes what Tony is saying about whatever he knows about nine 11, um, which is what, you know, we don't, we still don't know. Um, but she believes it. The boys, you know, one of them was seen making the phone call to the gas station. So who did he call and why, and how did that all turn out? We're not quite sure. There's a lot. We don't know about this intriguing case. Uh, but like so many things, it kind of comes to naught. Now, if they had turned up, uh, if they had never been found, we might still be kind of like talking about this on a lot of podcasts and in the news. You know, what happened to the family of four disappeared without a trace, you know? And yeah, that would be happened. on Andrea's show. That, that would probably be on True Crime Tuesday. Yeah, it would be. Um, I, I want to acknowledge a couple things in the chats here. First of all, Chief Keefe, Jason Kiefer from One More and I'm Out of Here podcast, uh, threw us a super chat at $10. David J is not going to be outdone. 
so he tied him and threw another $10 saying that he loves, uh, <laughs> saying how much he loves Chief Keith. So, uh, oh, okay. So, so thank well, you. we are not giving that money to him. So <laughs> thank just... you for supporting Chief Keith by giving us a super chat. Um, and I do see someone else in the chat. Where is she? She, she popped in for the first time and she admitted to us that she is from, uh, it's Catherine. Hello from Wisconsin. And no, I don't own any cows. She's just here to validate you. Apparently, John, I, I appreciate that. It's nice to be backed up, but I have driven back and forth. I have been all the way out from, I drove from Minneapolis to Sturgeon Bay and back again. And I was looking the whole time. You know what else there isn't really a lot of in Wisconsin highway patrol. <laughs> so no. that's weird. <laughs> I didn't see any the whole time. That's, <laughs> so whatever. I mean, they didn't, obviously didn't see me either since there was no. They're time. all uh, they're all wrangling the cows. Maybe they're busy wrangling. Yeah, yeah, that's where they are. The non-existent cows. No, uh, <laughs> that's the case that we're actually going to open up next week. Next week's un unexplained X file. You know, com center uh, genre drifting, genre bending. Uh, mission drift episode is where all the damn cows in Wisconsin and we're going to blow it wide open to find that they are indeed <laughs> in California just like all the good wines in California too you know it's yeah it's awesome we do have voicemails Drew did anybody call us tonight I can't believe that on such a fascinating and provocative subject that we didn't get even one caller hold on let me yeah. let me check uh with the Mike Mike is legally required to call us he's got to be <laughs> right I don't see uh I, I'm looking at our short short circuit is a closed circuit camera uh, into the communications area of our operation, and I don't see anybody on the phone. So, all right, you may Forget be able it, to play the voicemails. Yeah, we'll we'll go to that. Uh, we do like it when you call in. Um, I'm a little disappointed you didn't call in. There's certain people that I I will call out for that later, but doing it on the air is you know kind of classless. So I'm not going to do that. As you can tell, I'm rambling so that I can open up my voicemail function. <laughs> Ready to go. Gonna play voicemail. Here we go. Boys, keeper from one morning. I'm out of here. Just wanted to uh, drop in, drop a voicemail. Looking really looking forward to tonight's show, and uh, hopefully I'll be in the live chats. But uh, want to wish you guys a great show and uh, keep up the good work, fellas. See you, hey. Chief. We love you. Uh, I heard that you had David on your show earlier. I don't know why, you know, I don't, I'm not getting calls anymore. I'm still interesting. I could be up here on your show. Um, I could even, you know, if you wanted to just take it kind of the way Drew and I do it. I think I could seamlessly step in and replace Rob. I don't think anyone would even notice. Viewership <laughs> would go up. I mean, so there would be some track trackable me well, metrics there. You tend to argue with the people on their show. So I know I went on the show once and they're like, hey, John, welcome to the show. This is the president of the Fraternal Order Police. I'm like, hello. And they're like, and I'm like, my job has really nothing to do with your job. I would never meet you in real life or in, I would no, no reason to ever come across you. And they're like, what questions do you have for? I'm like, hello. <laughs> you know, I literally have nothing for the guy. <laughs> and then they open up the can of worms that is Uvalde. And you know me. I got opinions. They're my own opinions, even though they happen to be the exact same as Eric Danzi's and Mike the Cops and yours, by the way. And so I unload on the guy. I'm like, you know, it's not real brave to call those guys cowards. One of them lost their child and all this. And he's just like, why am I in this bar doing this podcast? Like, I, you know, I'm not even raising money for anything. You reminded him of the sadness yeah. that is his so, life. Yeah. So I kind of chased him off. So that was also classless of me. I've got a couple more voicemails if you, if you even want to hear. Yeah, them. go for it. All right. I'll play him. We got to wrap up. Uh, Drew and Jonathan. Uh, it's uh, B-Trav out here in Northern California. 
Just finishing up listening to the latest Tom Center, super powerful episode with uh, Ricardo and the uh, I Am 901. And I wanted to touch on briefly the, uh, you guys bring it up as dispatch gear. Uh, I think that's huge as a dispatcher. And I try to teach our young dispatchers from the patrol side that that's super, super important. Um, knowing the people that you're working with, working for, knowing how they sound, having that situational awareness of what to expect, um, you know, what to, what they may or may not say is, is huge. And it's something it's hard to teach, but it's a very, very valuable skill. Um, especially when you're working on the radio, especially when it's a, um, a hectic, you know, time or when you have like that shots fired or somebody that's calling for help and, uh, huge, huge skill, very, very important. And I, it's been hard to teach, I think since COVID because there were so many people that were, uh, removed from comm centers or told not to go into comm centers and talk to their dispatchers and get to know them. So, uh, keep up the great work. This is an awesome episode guys. And, uh, I'm trying to get back on a schedule where I can actually listen to it live. Um, back on day shift. Take care of y'all and uh, guns up, giddy up. Awesome, B Trav. Uh, thanks for that voicemail. Uh, you know, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening out there. You're one of the first people who ever reached out to me when we launched the show and talking to me about how you went from dispatch to patrol. Uh, situational awareness is huge. We're actually bringing on board uh, two brand new guys into dispatch. They're volunteer firemen, so they have some radio experience, but that just means they know how to talk and not how to listen at all. And so we're trying to teach them, you know, situational awareness. There's, uh, there's, It takes a little bit to sit in a comm center, to hear radio traffic, to look at a CAD screen, and understand what that means in real life. You know, that a police officer is standing out with a subject who's wanted, that, you know, that there's a firefighter going into a building that, you know, may have some hazardous material in it or something like that. And uh, understanding those little subtle cues that you can only get through knowing someone it's huge. And I have no doubt that COVID kind of set back a lot of agencies that way. I've told a dozen stories before where me just knowing the police officer who is out in the field that I know that something is wrong just based off of my experience with them. And, sure. Uh, and so many dispatchers are, are, are like that dispatchers that have been able to, to meet with other officers in person, but just get to know them too. Drew. Uh, I, I've got nothing. I'm, you caught me flat-footed. I was reading a comment. I, I want to acknowledge yet another uh, super chat, uh, super chat uh, from Carly, who yes, uh, who, who says in lieu of calling, she's uh, sending us a nine ninety nine uh, super chat with a goal and a hockey stick and puck. So I don't like the hockey me. references, but I'm going to assume that nine ninety nine is a British reference to nine one one. So thank you, Carly. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, she's a former dispatcher. She's been on the show. Uh, yes. She is also a former corrections officer. We'll have to team up for hard times sometime, Carly. Uh, Proud Carly also owner of a Corgi, right? Corgi Beignet, yes, Beignet, who has uh, been taunting me on the internet lately with his many followers. But Carly also switched over to admin side recently. And as we all know, Drew, admin's a real drag. Uh, both of you owe me a pizza party. A couple more voicemails. We'll go on. I'll go ahead and play them now. Hey, Wolfpack, this is Captain Micah. Just calling in for Tom Center, leaving a message. It's been a whirlwind week. I think I'm like 41, 42 hours into a 66-hour week. Um, not 69 hours this time for overtime. So Nice. Just reviewing footage upon footage upon footage because somebody got the hooks in. So... Uh, not everybody in the is as reliable as the wolf pack. So 
trying to keep my eyes from crossing, looking at footage, following people around, uh, trying to make sure people are doing their jobs. So it's not fun. Looking forward to uh, Com Center, but it uh, it reminded me of something. If life gives you melons, then you're dyslexic. So just keep that in mind. I'll see you guys all on Thursday. Guns up, kitty up. Not always oh, God great. bless him. Very wonderful, Micah. What he says, uh, somebody's got the hooks in. What he means is an officer's been compromised by one of the inmates. One of the inmates has asked an officer to do a favor that's been granted, and now the officer is uh, basically owned by that inmate. The inmate can say, well, now I want you to do this because otherwise I'm going to tell on you for doing that. Somehow, Mike has become aware of this. He's going to be investigating this, probably watching the officer to make sure that nothing dangerous happens. You'd be surprised how that can escalate. Uh, there's uh, TV shows and movies about this, but it's not really a joke to say, like, uh, you know, at some point, uh, some officer and some inmate are getting along well, and the, the inmate will say, yeah, you know, I would just love a Big Mac. The officer brings it into him. And then the officer's like, you know, you weren't supposed to do that, and I could get you fired for that. And then, uh, you know, repeat this, repeat this, repeat this. It gets bigger and bigger every time until finally that officer, scared of being charged, scared of losing their job, scared of the shame of losing everything, their family, going to prison themselves now. They're being conned into bringing in a firearm or a knife. It's uh, not a joke at all. It's a very scary situation. Things like that have happened to me before. If you're interested in hearing about my corrections career, you can listen to Failure to Stop Hard Time on Patreon. That's a pretty okay show. Not, not top-notch like Com Center or the big one, but it's pretty good. I enjoyed doing it. Abby and I uh, released an episode. Hey, Jake, released an episode today where we uh, talked about an escape. Uh, Drew, any interesting prison stories for you? We, uh, you and I are going to do a great episode. I just have to get the report. I have to, I have to do a public records for the report uh, at, at my old agency. I got, I actually got an award for this uh, case. Yeah, I think you're going to love it. But uh, speaking of which, um, I, I'm not sending out a bad signal yet. Uh, but uh, I did a public records request to the L.A. Sheriff's Department for the 911 call for the Winco grocery store the night yes. before. The night before Daniel Carr appeared on our show, I did that public records request. I got some bizarre, you know, put him off for a couple more weeks uh, letter the other day in the in my email. Then just today, I got a response in my email that detailed somebody else's <laughs> request. Completely blew it. They they have blown it. So I I, I responded with, hey, I just want to let you know uh, this has been a nightmare, and your night and, and your sheriff, Luna, has promised nothing but transparency, and this is anything but transparent. And uh, I just yeah, so and by know, the way, I'm a I'm a member of the media. <laughs> Yeah, just so you'll know, I um I I, I retired. Uh, I, I ran a, a, a communications and public records area of a very large police department, uh, law enforcement agency. And if any of your administration would like to call me and discuss it, have at it. But if not, I'm probably going to do an entire episode on this. Yeah, nice. I love that. And uh, that's nothing against necessarily the people that are working in records or whatever, but sometimes, you know, uh, obfuscate and inveigle and deceive kind of comes from the top down or middle yeah. out sometimes. And uh, so it'd be interesting to find out, you know, kind of the, the, the details on that, because obviously that was not what we thought it was either. And uh, as we suspected. Exactly. I've got one more voicemail, and then we can kind of just break down on what everybody's working on, and we'll send her off, Drew, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, please. All right. Here we go. 
One more call. I'll load it up. Here it is. Long-time caller, first-time listener. I'd like to order a pizza, please. Thank you. Okay, this guy has called me several times with requests like that, always saying that he's never heard the show before, but he's called us many times. I text him. I say, like, what is with like, this is like journey into mystery that's like so inscrutable and bizarre that like I can't glean? Like, are you trying to be funny? Are you actually mentally ill? Do you want to be my friend? Do you really want what? a pizza? Do you really want a pizza? Like, as Drew mentioned before, I do work for Tarnell County 911 and pizza. So it's pizza. like, yeah. it's like yeah, I could actually, I could fulfill the pizza request if you're in my jurisdiction. You know, I need to know a few more requirements. It reminded me of my my brother-in-law, who's actually a police officer in uh, Albuquerque now. But um, he, uh, he used to work at Dairy Queen, and his absolute least favorite thing was uh, when he would work drive up. People come through the line, yeah, can I get a blizzard? Uh, what kind? large and he's like what what do you want you want stickers do you want m&ms do you want reese's what and they're like uh yeah and uh and a chili dog and then and you know he just has to beat it out of him and of course now i totally understand because every single day i'm at work 911 where is your emergency my wife fell and her her ankle's broken i'm like okay what's the address we're at home it's all twisted around oh my god okay what's the location where you at oh my seat we need you to send somebody right now what is the address of your emergency? It was the very first question I've asked you. I always want to unleash them. And this is the, the mean part of me. Like, is there any reason I have to ask you four times? And it's because they've got a story to tell. And people think that if they dial 911, they don't have to listen at all. But that's like the one thing I really need to do anything. So uh, my, my heart goes out to my brother-in-law. But why, dude, why are you just call us when the show's live? You could be, if this is your bit, you could do your bit. If this is who you are as a person, we welcome you with open arms. We want to know who you are. I texted you today. You didn't answer me. You're, you're Mr. Enigma. Also, I want to sound some on a, on a rant. 10-7 canoe, where the hell are you at? Did you disappear? Oh, yeah. Did you die? Is he, is he caught in the middle of a lake? Yeah, like I don't in know. Canoe, so yeah. Uh if it's you have called if you've called us before, it's time to call in again. We miss you. We just want to touch base with you, check in with you. Mike calls in every week. I never worry about that guy, but I'm worried about you if you haven't called. So call us at uh eight four eight com nine one one. That's eight four eight two six 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 nine eleven. which is very nice. Uh Drew, uh so Tansy just put out uh on the Patreon, he's had a set sit down conversation with Anthony Romaldi. I might be getting that mm -hmm. name wrong. Rivaldi. Romandi, yeah. Romandi. Conservative Ant so. is how I how I know him. Uh, I've listened to a lot of it, bits and pieces of it. He's very hilarious. We're looking forward to future collaborations with that guy. He's a conservative and uh, a different person. He brings a different perspective than everyone else on uh, Failure Stop. Interesting guy. Funny guy, too. Um, we released a hard time episode today. You guys are doing the big show tomorrow with uh, Anti-Hero Guy. You're going to break down the... The guy getting absolutely slammed by the car after the cop lights him up, <laughs> which that video was just, oh my gosh, it was, uh, it was shocking. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. And, and and so what happened was, as uh, last year or earlier this year, the guy got arrested, put into a car, got hit by a train. And so now it's like, oh, they're really, you know, I, I don't want to like paint a picture oh. of the guys being bad, but he's just like, can I do something maybe more egregious? Can I shock a guy? <laughs> And have him be run over by a car a fraction of a second later. Uh, if we were going to do, I, say that I feel bad for the guy. First of all, I want to say that. Go ahead, Drew. If we were going to do a news story, I was going to update you on the Colorado police officer who was convicted of reckless endangerment after leaving the 
handcuffed woman in the patrol unit. Uh, if you'll remember, she we did a car, video right? on that. Yeah. If you if you go on our failure to stop YouTube page, you will see a uh, a video of uh, Eric Tanzi. I think Eric broke that broke that case down like just as as extra bonus content for at, towards the end of the year last year. It was yeah. either him or me. I can't remember, but what you, um, indistinguishable. Yeah, we're pretty much the same guy, but um, <laughs> that guy was convicted. The cop was convicted of reckless endangerment. She didn't die, by the way, but I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand how she didn't die. Uh, but so this is uh, here's the, the, the last thing I'm, I'll say before we run, uh, because I, I have to run. Um, it, uh, the Patreon and I, I, you know, I'm not standing here with my hat in my hand looking for more money, but I'm trying to tell you that the Patreon, uh, the, the YouTube's on fire. If you want to subscribe that, I think that's a very good idea. If you want to become a member, I think it's an even better idea. Just Patreon hammer the like is, button. Yeah. Patreon is like the, uh, audible version of what we put on YouTube generally, except, you know, you're probably going to get stuff a little bit sooner than you would on YouTube. And there is a great, the first T-Bones with Tansy, where he sits down with Justin Daniels, who's uh, who's known as Officer Daniels. And it is a great conversation over two very good stakes. And uh, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to that. And then listen, and then take a take a look at all of our content. We're, we're up, you know, 71, 60 somewhere in that neighborhood our subscribers on youtube we're, we're still pushing towards ten thousand on instagram if you would have your aunt sally you know unfollow and then follow us again and then subscribe to our youtube channel I, i'd be forever grateful i cannot if, i cannot if you, not if you, if you sign up for patreon drew will send you a sizzling hot freshly prepared rare steak that is a guarantee yeah. i am ready to make on drew's behalf go ahead yes uh, from a Wisconsin cow. So this is uh, the the super chat also came in from Sillamander. She gave us a twenty dollar tip. So uh, listen, just the tip, and and we appreciate everything that you all do, and thank you for being the Wolfpack, and uh, thank you, John, for being you. You uh, have the appearance of a beard of bees, and uh, I think that uh, it's just wonderful. Uh, you, I appreciate. You guys stay safe out there. Yeah. Yeah. So from John, uh, all of our friends in the Wolfpack, uh, Eric Tanzi, our family, uh, our producer, Josh, uh, Jay Durrell. Look, the list goes on and on. Andrea up late. We love you all. Keep coming back. Guns up. Giddy up. Giddy up. John, good night. Good night, America. Stick around. <laughs>